Thank you and welcome. I'm Jim Swan. Linda Smith, the CEO and President of BBB Western Ontario, will join us a little bit later in the program. And also later in the program, we'll be joined by Ashley Castleman, Communications Manager at BBB Serving Western Ontario, to talk about what to do following a data breach. Well, summer is officially over. The fall equinox was yesterday, and we know that winter isn't very far away. Of course, when the first snow arrives, it'll be a big surprise. We'll scramble to find boots and mitts and scarves, but many will prepare their vehicle against rust before any of that happens. And we'll be joined later by Randy Tavener of Crown Rust Control to talk about why that makes sense. Well, we don't want to rush the seasons, but considering how quickly summer went by, we know that warning that goes dates on the calendar are closer than they appear. Uh, If doing something special like framing a favorite photo or preparing a special collage is a gift that you have in mind for this year's gift-giving, then you'll be interested in thoughts and ideas of our first guest, who is Wilda Thomas of Creative Art and Frames. Wilda, welcome to the program. Thanks very much, Jim, for having me. It's great to have you here. Wilda, uh, when we went on your website, uh, Creative Art and Frame, uh, we see that you have a downloadable ebook that's titled the creative guide to picture framing. Uh, before we talk about what's in it, why why did you feel that such a booklet was needed? Well, Jim, I thought that there was a, a lot of misinformation out there about picture framing and a, not just misinformation, but lack of knowledge. People would come into my shop and they'd say, well, I don't know anything about picture framing and why I should have it done and what the difference is in the types of mats or materials, uh, how high you should hang your pictures, just all sorts of things that are involved in this custom picture framing business. Do so, you, Do you ever get the, the question, why should I go to a framing center like yours when I can go to a big box store and buy a frame and put it together? Absolutely. Absolutely. I do get that question. And I think the, the important answer to that question is, if you have something that is important to you, then you need to get it framed properly because the main advantage of framing, although it can be decorative, is really a conservation issue. So for instance, if you've got family heirlooms like war medals and that sort of thing that may belong to your grandfather from World War I, that is something that you'll want to keep in the family for a long, long time. So it's really worthwhile having that framed. Plus, as well, if you've got fine art, and people consider fine art differently. Some people like their grandchildren's fine art. Mm -hmm. So if you've got fine art, then you absolutely need to be concerned about uh, conservation framing. So it's it's, uh, both display and conservation. Yes. So so what are some of the materials then that are important that, that are included when you do the framing? Um, uh, with matting and, and that sort of thing, the materials. What's special about them? Okay, well, the the big thing to know is in terms of the materials, the matting, the glass, that sort of thing, there are basically two different types that you can choose. One would be um, sort of if you were framing a decorative art piece. For example, if you picked up a poster at a museum that you went to, Uh, You may not want to keep that poster for forever. So you can use paper mats, you can use regular glass, you know, that sort of thing. But on the other hand, if you've bought a piece of fine art or if you've got something that is really important for you, what you want to do is you want to use conservation matting, conservation backing and conservation glass because that's going to uh, prevent uh, your art piece from... um, (sighs) 
Well, it's going to remain the, uh, retain the integrity of your art piece in terms of quality. It won't fox. It won't fade. That fox, sort of thing. Fox? Yeah, fox. Good question. <laughs> what that means is sometimes if there's acid, for instance, if you see a newspaper, you know, if you leave that out, that is going to discolor and it's going to turn rusty, a rusty color. That is caused by the acids in the paper. And that is actually technically referred to as foxing. Well, keepsakes, uh, memorabilia, there are a lot of different areas. You mentioned fine art. But yeah. one of the other um, things, as a matter of fact, walking in here, we saw uh, a night sweater that's mm-hmm. framed here at the radio station. Uh, and I like the story in your booklet about the Bobby Orr letter. Mm-hmm. Is that the kind of thing that you uh, frequently are asked to deal with? Absolutely, because um, <laughs> people who are sports fans are big sports fans. And so especially, too, for uh, nonprofit organizations uh, around town, often they will get autographed sports jerseys and that sort of thing from local sports celebrities. So people are really proud of those things. Plus, too, if you if you take your family down to see the Knights or if you go to Toronto to see the, the Leafs, then, you know, you have your ticket stubs, you have your program. You can really create a whole story about this family outing. So it's important to people. And then it's preserved so that uh, we can all do it. Now, that's probably the kind of thing people might want to have for the Christmas season. If if we're thinking, and I said Christmas this yeah, early, yeah. but is it too early to start thinking about that? How How much... What's the time frame for having something like that done? It's not too early to think about Christmas for sure if you're organized. It's it's really great and we really do appreciate that. So basically what you're looking – you should sort of plan for about three weeks to have something um, done. Three to four weeks if you are getting closer to Christmas. So the first part of November, usually we consider November is our busiest month and that's Christmas season for us. Now, um, you've seen a number of Christmas seasons. Uh, yes. Your business has been uh, around for quite some time. How long uh, has uh, uh, Creative Art and Frame been there? Well, we are in our 30th anniversary. August 31st was our 30th year of being in business. Now, when when we're thinking about having a company do framing, we want to look for experience. Are there – do these things pop up and and leave? We see framing shops that don't last for a long time – um, but yours has been around for 30 years. What kinds of considerations should we make when we're choosing someone to do some framing for us? Well, I would say definitely choose local because there are wonderful uh, local framers here. And also my background is in interior design. So I'm really, I really enjoy dealing with color and design and that sort of thing. So it's more than just framing the picture. It's making sure that it's uh, – Fit in, fits into the entire design. Then. Absolutely. And that's why we do a lot of corporate work as well. It's not just residential for um, individuals. It's for companies as well. Well, Wilda, thanks very much for joining us this morning on uh, Ask BBB. And if people want to get in touch with you, they can find you on the web. Yes, they can. And creativeartandframe.com. All right. Wilda Thomas of Creative Art and Frame has been our guest. And when we return, we'll continue our theme of thinking ahead when Randy Tavener joins us with The Rust of the story. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan, and we're joined now by Linda Smith, who is the CEO of BBB Western Ontario. And we welcome to the show Randy Taverner of Crown Rust Control. Uh, Randy, I understand there is now a third Crown location in London. That's correct. Uh, As of August 28th, we uh, are located at 1930 Mallard Road 
in uh, in Hyde Park. So a lot of folks have expressed appreciation for us being uh, closer to them up in that area. And the area is expanding. And uh, so we have three locations now in London. So and the other location, you know, there's one in London North. They call it. That's yes. off Quebec Street, and then uh, five sixty five Glasgow, and Street, and yeah. your uh, location at uh, Mid Park, sixty five Mid Park Crescent in the South End. Yes, Randy, you were with us in the spring, and you talked about rust and the different types of rust prevention that are out there. So maybe we should just do a quick review uh, of the different types that are there, okay. and, and when and how to choose them. Well, there are so called permanent rust control products out there. From our point of view, you, nothing is permanent when it comes to, to rust. It's the same as changing the oil on your car. You wouldn't change it once and say that's permanent if you want the engine to last in your vehicle. And the body of the vehicle accounts for about two-thirds the cost of the vehicle, the engine and drivetrain about a third. So it makes sense to do something to protect the bigger part of your investment. So we don't think there's anything permanent. There are a number of companies. We're not the only ones. There are a number of companies who offer annual uh, rust protection products. And if you talk to any body man who deals with rust all the time, they uh, will pretty much all agree that a product needs to be able to weep and flow and get into seams and crevices. So there are products that have waxes mixed with them, wax and oil, and the premise is that they'll stay longer and they look better and so on. But in fact, they don't get where you really need them. There have been tar-based products over the years that have been used. Tar is for roofing. Tar is not for spraying your car. So you can't spray tar on, on electrical connections. You can't spray it maybe on your door locks and door hinges. And so none of those areas can get addressed when you use some of those types of products. Whereas the, the products that are more liquid, that get into the seams and crevices, they're generally lubricants. So they protect uh, moving parts on the vehicle, brake cables, linkages, hood latches, trunk, trunk lid locks, door locks. All of those things and uh, brake lines, fuel lines, they'll get underneath the clips and push water out and add years of life to those components, keep nuts and bolts freed up. So a good product like that should be a good maintenance product for the body of the vehicle. It should address everything on the vehicle. And that's the, the product that Crown has. And it's it's a, a product Yeah, we, Well, we manufacture our product and yeah. – uh, we were talking about earlier that we have one system and one system only and our thinking has always been we 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 have our own chemists, our own lab and we manufacture our product and we have always tried to make it work the best we can on a salt truck. And if it works well on a salt truck, it will work well on the average vehicle. So whichever method we select – uh, and you sort of touched on it. Are there other preventative things we should be doing besides never taking our car out in the winter? <laughs> well, certainly washing your vehicle regularly in the winter time. And it's not a bad idea maybe to go to uh, one of the do-it-yourself places if you don't have a setup at home to, to wash out around, especially the wheel wells and areas like that. Um, Crown will neutralize the effects of salt on the metal, but... Anything you can do to take off excess salt to get it off there is very helpful. Uh, there are things you might do. Some folks prepare the windshield. There are some good products out there you can put on the windshield that uh, the snow and ice don't stick the same to the windshield. They're easier to clean. You see better at night. You see better in rainy conditions. 
A good quality polish or wax on your vehicle at least once a year protects the paint from UV rays and uh, acid rain and that type of thing. So vacuuming your vehicle. Maybe we don't associate vacuuming our vehicle with uh, making it last longer, but if you vacuum it, you feel better about it. And we were talking about, you spoke about rubber mats earlier, Jim. Mm -hmm. So the rubber mats will keep moisture from, if the carpet gets wet and stays wet, that water is being held against the metal in the floor. And sometimes you'll see a floor rust through from inside, not from outside. So you spray it outside and you protect it, but if it's wet all the time underneath, and we've seen it sometimes with highway tractors, and I know City of London had a problem with some of the garbage packers. So those uh, those placemats or the uh, floor mats yes. are pretty important then. Well, yes, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, keep the floor clean. Uh, are are there parts and areas of the vehicle that are protected by rust to prevention that we might not even think about? Like the brake lines and so on? Um, Most likely, yes. A lot of folks know the brake lines are underneath the vehicle, but maybe they don't think about uh, components inside the doors. For example, you have a lot of moving parts inside the doors. You have window tracks that get lubricated. Uh, Your door locks don't freeze up in winter. So that's a nice benefit. You're not 45 minutes sometimes like I've been in in the past trying to get into your vehicle. Um, Electrical connections. So... Maybe your power window motors, as your vehicle gets older, everything keeps working and you don't stop to think about or associate that with spraying your vehicle, but it keeps electrical connections clean, keeps ground wires clean, keeps everything working electrically, keeps nuts and bolts freed up, easier to work on. Just a quick question. If we choose the crown treatment, we know that it drips. Does that drip that goes in the driveway or on the roads, does it, uh, is it permanent or, or? No. Does it harm it? Doesn't harm, uh, doesn't harm asphalt. It will not harm brick or concrete. Brick and concrete tend to absorb the marks, so they tend to stay there a bit longer. But it does not eat into pavement like oil does. So it tells you it's not oil. The fact we can spray it on a wet day tells you it's not oil. It's actually a chemical. It's a blend of a number of different chemicals. Nothing toxic or hazardous in it. But it will not harm the driveway. And just leave it alone. If you see spots on there, just leave it alone. It'll fade off there by itself. Well, Randy, it seems a little bit ahead of time, but we're almost ready for winter, even though this is just the first day of fall. Uh, well, the warmer the weather, weather, the better it is to spray your vehicle. Well, thanks very much for joining okay. us again. And, well, and happy to do it. Up to date with rust. <laughs> uh, Randy Tabner of Crown Rust Control, London South and London Hyde Park has been our guest. Thanks, Randy. And when we return, we'll be joined by Ashley Castleman, BBB serving Western Ontario's communications manager to talk about what to do after a data breach. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Linda is the CEO of BBB serving Western Ontario. And Ashley Castleman, communications manager at BBB serving Western Ontario, now joins us. Welcome, Ashley. Good morning. Well, it seems like data breaches are happening more often these days. What's the first thing we should do when we find that our data has been compromised, Ashley. The first thing that you should do is to stay calm. Uh, Remember, consumers are not liable for fraudulent charges or stolen account numbers. Uh, It 
might be a large hassle to get those things corrected, but you're not liable for it. Uh, so you're going to want to check with the website of the retailer for the latest information on the breach. Uh, type the store name directly into your browser. Do not click on a link from an email or a, so- a social media message, as that might lead you to a phishing scam site. So what if we think a credit card or a debit card has been compromised? Uh, well, if your card was compromised, you'll likely hear from the bank or card issuer first. If you have questions, call the customer service number on the back of your card. If your card was compromised, considering putting an alert or a freeze on your credit report with major credit reporting agencies. Uh, credit freeze will prevent anyone from accessing your credit report or scores. Uh, you can still apply for credit um, by temporarily lifting the freeze. So how should we monitor our accounts after we hear about a breach? If you shopped at the retailer with a credit card, uh, monitor your credit card statements carefully. Go online. Don't wait for your paper statement. If you see a fraudulent charge, report it to your bank or card issuer immediately so the card so the charge can be reversed and a new card issued. Reporting fraudulent charges in a timely manner is very important in this case. And what should we do to prove what is fraudulent and what isn't? Uh, keep your receipts in case you need to prove what charges you authorized and what ones you did not. This will help both yourself and the bank sort out what's what on your uh, statement. Now, is, is there anything different uh, we have to do for a debit card compared to a credit card? Uh, yes. Um, do um, all of what I previously said for uh, credit cards, but also pay very careful attention to your account. Uh, debit cards do not have the same protection as credit cards. Uh, debit transactions withdraw the funds directly from your bank account right away. And if we aren't sure if our card was compromised, what should we do? Uh, Contact your bank for more information. Uh, They can uh, check to see if it has been or not, um, or you can preemptively uh, request a new debit card or credit card or put a security block on your account. So after a breach that we hear about, what, what scams then should we look out for? Uh, beware of scammers uh, who may uh, pretend to be from the retailer, your bank or credit card issuer, uh, telling you that the card was compromised and suggests uh, such actions to fix the problem. Uh, phishing emails uh, may attempt to fool you into providing your credit card information or your personal details. Uh, do not click on a link if you receive an email from um, your bank or that retailer that has had a breach. The best thing to do is um, go directly onto their website or call their customer service uh, numbers. Uh, you can always hover over any links in the email to see where the link actually is going to take you. And what about businesses that are collecting customer information? What should they be doing to protect that data? If a data breach uh, can happen to a major retailer with significant data security measures in place, it can happen to any business. Um, BBB offers a data security uh, made simpler, uh, which is a guide on creating data security plan um, for businesses. You can find the guide on bbb.org slash cybersecurity. There, you'll find a five-step approach uh, to better business cybersecurity. Uh, It's based on the National Institute for Standards and Technology uh, framework. Uh, This represents an approach that applies to the specifics of your business, uh, and I'll help you understand how best to identify and protect your business's vital data and how to uh, protect your customers' data. It's all very complicated it seems <laughs> and we've we've heard about uh, a, a recent breach that uh, has affected millions of people mm-hmm. in the US uh, you mentioned a preemptive in 
asking for a new cards, how effective would that be in this instance? Um, if your data was stolen, that they can't use your credit card that um, might, might have been stolen in a breach. So it's always best to, if you're not sure, just ask your bank. A lot of times we find out about these breaches in the media, on the radio. We hear about them uh, when we wake up. Uh, should we ever be calling uh, the company that we hear about or should we always just go to our bank? Um, you can always call the company that you've heard about as well. Uh, there's no reason why you can't be uh, preemptive with that and be proactive. You don't want to be reactive in these situations. Well, Ashley, once again, you brought us some very timely information. We uh, Thanks for being on this side of the mic with us. <laughs> Thank you. Ashley Castleman is the communications manager at BBB Serving Western Ontario and is the producer of Ask BBB. And that is Ask BBB for this time around. Remember, you can contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BBB Western ONT. And thanks to our program producer, Ashley Castleman, BBB Western Ontario's communications manager. So until next time, I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Remember, Ask BBB. And start with trust.